Folks, how's it going? This is Steve Fletcher, your host of Steve's New Music Guide. I am excited, fortunate, privileged to be here in the uh, cozy but beautiful Ohm Radio Studio right here on Meeting Street in downtown Charleston, South Carolina. We've got a lot on the slate today. I am really excited to be able to introduce you to one of... uh, one of the best musicians locally here in Charleston I've heard in a long time, frankly. Um, he plays a mean guitar. He's got a great, unique vocal uh, situation going on. His uh, his lyrics are great. His songwriting is incredible. He plays out around town. Um, you're going to get to know him in a minute. Um, but first, I just want to celebrate the fact that this is the first time we've done Steve's New Music Guide here in studio, live, coming at you at 96.3. Uh, as it happens, as they say, which is exciting. Typically, this is something I'm doing uh, crammed into some corner of uh, our house in North Charleston, usually a closet or a basement or a bedroom. Uh, why are the podcasters always shoved into like little cobwebby dark corners? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but that is uh, the cross we must bear. Uh, we love the work, labor of love. Uh, Steve's new music guide is something I do, as you know, every week, every Sunday, it's coming at you four to six underheard, sometimes underappreciated songs that I think deserve to get a little bit more love. So I play them for you. I give you a little bit of context, a little bit of backstory. And sometimes, like today, I bring the artist on air. So this is exciting. We've got Gritty Flyright. That's Gritty Flyright. Um, if, if at first you were like, what is that name? You've got You're in Good Company. The very first track off the new fantastic album, Tales of the Famously Unknown, also gives you a little 10-second snippet. It's pretty... <laughs> Pretty funny, pretty tongue-in-cheek. I'm going to ask Gritty about it, but it's a, it's a couple people who are talking about the name, sort of like, wait, who's playing on the bill tonight? Gritty Fly, right? Never heard of him. Um, in any case, uh, the, 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 the music, the name, it, it may be new to you. Um, I know you're going to dig it. I can't wait to dig into a little bit of the life a little bit of the music, a little bit of the story of Gritty Flyright, who I've got here right next to me. Gritty, uh, how'd I do? Give, give Fill in some of the cracks, <laughs> tell people who you are, why you are, what your music's all about, and just in a few sentences, who is Gritty Flyright before we oh, move on? Oh, man. Good morning. Thank you, Steve. Grace, appreciate y'all and uh, all that y'all do for Charleston Music here. Um, grateful to be here, grateful for any opportunity to talk music and anything that you create uh, push it as far as you can um but yeah i go my name is wes uh, from james island um, but i go by gritty Flyright. Uh, that's the the singer songwriter handle and um yeah fortunate enough to be on this side of a record that uh, was released may 6th and um debut album so fresh fresh um trying to figure things out how to push it as 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 much as possible and um just kind of riding the wave right now and are you from charleston originally charleston area so my father's family is from colleton county okay up highway 61 about an hour okay um and i did live out there for a minute but um i was raised in spartanburg county um in a town called woodruff and um on my mom i've got people up spartanburg greenville anderson i've got a huge upstate and that, that's why the accent is um everyone's like are you from charleston i mean i've been in james island for 12 years before that i was in colleton county for five years okay and then before that columbia i went to school uh there at usc okay 
So I've lived all over the state. Got a lot of loyalty to the state. You got South Carolina coursing through your veins. It, it, for the good, the bad, and, it, and all. I mean, <laughs> and but the that, gritty. It's the gritty. It's the truth. Yeah, both sides of the family, all the way back, are 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 rooted in South Carolina. Sure. Man, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, you can, and we'll play some of your tracks uh, here in a minute for the uh, for the good people. But you can certainly hear. Something distinctly you and distinctly South Carolina, Carolina about you know your music. It's definitely running through the the foundation of of the song structure and of the sort of you know twang uh, of your voice. It's uh, you know it's like, it's almost like we got our own little Tyler Childers right here, oh. Charles. <laughs> Tyler oh, Childers, man. of course, being the uh, you know the kind of the folk Americana old time country western sensation from yeah. Kentucky. Um, but, but sort of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a uniqueness to your craft in that you are, I mean, and we'll, again, we'll play some music in a minute from tales, uh, from the famously of the famously unknown, which is your uh, debut album. You're talking about gritty. Um, but yeah, there's just something I love about it. It's, it's like a return to form in ways. I love good, like I call it wooden music. There's a lot <laughs> of like, you know, robot music out there and that sounds flippant. I don't mean to alienate or ostracize you listen to my guide and hear that there's music from all different genres but i think there's a there's a particularly warm part in my heart for you know acoustic guitar centric lyric centric uh music like that sure. and you do a great job of that so uh so gritty what, what what do you got going on right now and we'll dig a little bit into your backstory but you've got this album just came out right and i know there's for the people who are just tuning in maybe they're a little bit late to work before we get too deep into the day i want to get those those drive time stragglers and make sure they know like the top line most important stuff maybe they've already like listened to your song they heard you were on today and they're like they're like jumping the gun. They're like, I like this guy. Where do I, where do I hear him? Where do I see him? Where do I get to know him? Um, I know you've got like a listening party coming up, right? Uh, tell, tell, tell the people a little bit about that, where they can find you, where they can hear some of the music off this album. Yes, sir. So um, I think the biggest thing right now, the priority is the record, Tales of the Famously Unknown. Uh, Ten tracks, honest. Each track happens to be a true story, so it's very... Uh, based off the lyric you know like a lean in type of situation some of them are upbeat some of them not so much but all true that's what we're pushing right now i think uh the next step is um i'm gonna do a little mini tour with the state this weekend i'm gonna be in columbia doing um nashville nights is what they call it in uh it's at steel hands brewery Cool. and um never played there before but was booked there by michael haney uh singer songwriter and going to do a set there and then going to play down in the Vista, downtown Columbia, uh, at Carolina Western Pub with a full band. Um, and then I'm going up to Spartanburg County to play. My good friend Ben Harrison has a bar, Tap 3. And Tap 3 is in Woodruff, the town I'm from. So that's a ticketed show Saturday night. Okay. Um, Spartanburg County Bound. Spartanburg County Bound. So it's that's one of the tracks off the album. Truly for you, for you uh, super fans. True, as I say, truly wrote the song coming back down I twenty six. Just saying, man, I'm, I come up here for all the benchmark dates. I mm. wish I just came up here to play music. And and Tap Three gives you that opportunity, uh, of course, to still see family and friends, but you know, to, to play a show while you're up there. How important is it to have places like Tap 3, whether you're you're in Spartanburg or you're in Columbia, or you're here in Charleston? I mean... Places where musicians can come out and just play their, their stuff for a local crowd. 
so I can't say enough about tap there. I'm very biased to my good friend, Ben Harrison. I grew up with, um, uh, works his tail off and is, a. um, a great guy, love his family, but tap three, I would lift up uh, in the light this morning because it's a venue. I'm not, and like you were saying, I'm not trying to knock um, playing a parking lot. I have played my share of parking lots or oyster rows or wherever. You know, I've I've played grocery stores. You know, wow. and I still will. And it's I, inside or outside of a grocery store? I played inside a grocery store. Wow. What Truth, section? What aisle? I was over tucked. There's one of these new, like, hipster grocery stores where <laughs> you're tucked over. They're drinking craft they have beers. Beer. Yeah, they have beer. They're like, what? What, is, what are they doing? So, but to, <laughs> I say all that to say that, that Tap 3 is a venue. There is a stage. Mm-hmm. There is sound. There is lighting. There's a, a gentleman running sound for you. There is a proper sound check. There is a green room. There is a restroom just for... Now, you're like, man, what's the big deal? But if you've ever been in the music business, Mm -hmm. whether you're a player, a writer, um, part of a stage crew, if someone is there at the door and says, let me grab your guitar case for you, it means more to music. I'm not speaking for all musicians because, you know, people like to make money too. I get that. But like, to me, it's the little thing to somebody knows that, you know, you smoke and there's a thing of cigarettes sitting in the green room for some people i've been told by legendary musicians in my eyes that that meant more to have their personal space and someone took the time to say you know man this guy had a pack of cigarettes and he knows i love you know sprite or or you know whatever it is and so tap three is a true venue and and it's important to have tap three because it is in spartanburg county where there's not many venues um the freight yard is a nice one in spartanburg the radio room um but if you're i you know as far as having the stage the sound man and the demographic that is already plugged in to wanting and being hungry for that music, which I think a lot of people are, but to actually get them out. And and Ben's done that with Tap 3, so definitely a place to, to check out for sure. Does Charleston, in your eyes, as a musician who tours you know, locally and regionally, have a Tap 3 equivalent? Good question. Um, I'm in love with the poorhouse. Um as someone who's, I don't know what I am, Steve. I mean, like as far as singer songwriter, I'm I'm all about lyrics. Mm-hmm. But I'm country, I'm from the country, mm-hmm. so it, it's gonna come out country. Some people are calling it Americana. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, my father is in love with soul music. Mm-hmm. I love old soul music. So, if I'm trying to find a place that allows me to play that in Charleston. Um, I love the poorhouse because they let kind of like this show. I can come on here and be exactly myself yeah. who I want to be. And Alex, they let me, they love it. They like come out and see this guy. This is real deal. And I don't have to do anything different, but, but play exactly what I want to play, wear what I want to wear. Um, so maybe the poorhouse. They get that, your Sprite for you nice and cold. Sprite, the Sprite. And now, I, now look, I'm not someone who gets out a lot. You know, personally, uh, so like people tell me if I drive out to Latson and go out to the saloon out there mm. that I can get like that top 40 country feel. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. But I don't, I can't speak on that because I don't, I've never been out there. I haven't either. So it's called uh, the saloon or? I think it's 
I think it's called the saloon and it's in Lansing and it's huge. Like the square footage is, and they bring people. I saw where they brought, uh, Mark Chestnut came through there. Maybe oh, wow. Dirk Spentley. You catch a lot huh. of these people. You know, Charleston's hard to bring like a national act through geographically. Right. We're not a natural waypoint. Right. Kinda, you got to really detour. And sometimes they're able to, to snag somebody like that. Cool. But yeah, man, I guess, I guess poor house is my tap three for down here. All right. So you're at poor house. You're at, you know, venues that really, you know, uh, focus on the importance of, of treating the artists right and curating a, a listening room and crafting a soundscape that, uh, you know, speaks to an audience and really creates a necessary cultural institution in town. And you're doing all that now. You've got an album on the way. Let's take a few steps back now. I want to talk a little bit about and then we'll play uh, some of your tunes. But I want to talk a little bit about how Gritty Flyright became Gritty Flyright. I know at one point Gritty Flyright was really the name of, of a musical outfit of a bunch of a bunch of dudes playing music, right? It seems like this is based on my very preliminary investigative reporting. And there's some Facebook post out there that says <laughs> Gritty Flyright playing blah blah blah, and it seemed like it was a it was maybe a band. But but anyway, I want to even walk back before that, and I wanna I want to look at you getting into music originally, like. How did you pick guitar? How did you pick the style of music? You started to talk about country music being sort of important to maybe maybe your your dad or your parents. Uh, I just want to know sort of how this type of music in particular started running through your veins and how it got you to today. So, yeah, and I'm long-winded. Never been accused of, of telling a short story. That so y'all got us. your hands full with, you know, moving me along. But oh, hopefully Grace has uh, us for about four hours. And we'll, <laughs> we'll touch on three and a half. Things. Oh, man. So, yeah, I think um, two things. Well, I'll just start with by saying that that Gritty Flyright, I, I did not grow up playing music. Hmm. Um, I didn't play in the church. I, you know, I'd never played in band. Uh, I don't read music. Um I, the guys that I play with will tell you this is all true. They will confirm that I, you know, you know, really do try to, have tried to figure out my own style and and attack with music, but it all came, I was a school teacher and, um, um, I, so it's a lot of information. I try to run right through it. Sure. I was a school teacher in Charleston County and I have Crohn's disease. And when my Crohn's, uh, I was in remission for three years after a surgery. And I was in and out of MUSC after that three-year period. And I was, man, went out on FMLA here in Charleston County. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I missed over, I think it was over 40 days of work. Had a really sweet principal, uh, Dr. Woods out there that, that saw me through this whole thing. But for the first time in maybe I guess at the time it was like six or seven years I was not going to be an educator hmm. and um, again only thing I had done in that time was when I was teaching fourth and fifth grade in Colleton County and in Charleston County I saw like they would get I was usually the only male in the building and they would say hey could you just come and speak to the little kids or come read a book during your planning period so it kind of got started there i guess in the school system where i would go in and i would read a book to the kindergarten and you would see everything we learn at least you know here in the south or whatever i guess in our country and southeast of our country is like to a song abc's 
your numbers, all your, all your fundamental stuff. It's usually got some sort, whether you know it or not, yeah. it's got like, you know, they sing all day long in the lower house elementary. And then I go back to my room and it's supposed to be like, sit down, open up your book, one through 10, when you finished, go grab a book. When you do that, you know, it's mm -hmm. all, oh, it's just, where is it? You know? Right, right. And so that started me. I did buy with my friend Brad Elliott. He came out to the, I was living in a trailer out in uh, Colleton County. And he came out to the trailer, and which was special to have a guest out there on the farm. <laughs> um, and I bought a $90 guitar and he taught me how to play um, like GCD like you do, yeah, you know, yeah. and eventually E minor, A minor, and things like that. Yeah. And, and that way I could play to my kids because I thought even if it was like the homework blue and I truly could, I never learned, I left it in the classroom. So back then, this is like maybe 10 years ago, there was a guitar that was purchased because I wanted to be like School of Rock, you yeah, know, yeah, Jack sure. Black, Jack like Black, homework yeah. blues, like because that did something for my kids. Sure. I was barely getting my, to hit the G and making stuff up yeah. and not taking myself seriously in any type of singing yeah. at all. Um, and I would put it up. I didn't have a case. I didn't have anything. I just put it in the corner of the room right. and it did that. But then fast forward back to when what I got, were you, what were you teaching the kids like math, like language arts? So it was, well, I did, um, self-contact fourth and fifth grade. So I taught all subjects. Okay. Um, okay. but then one year I did single gender where I did the all male classroom, Okay. which was interesting, right? We, you had to, you have an all male, all female, and then you had to have the combined, which, you know, that was different. And then, will um, it, will a song you made up in those years ever, uh, worm its way onto a future, <laughs> future, uh, He's got production? a great question. <laughs> God, I've never thought of, um, there's some guys that go out on an Edisto river trip every year with me that say, why, why are we not doing, why, why is this not happening? Or they'll come ha like harass me at a show <laughs> if they at a show and just be like, I want to hear. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> right. about? Like that never, that never Those came hits, to be. Man. Two plus two equals four was a big hit <laughs> way back when. That is an excellent question. And I think, I think the answer is yes, but I think I'm in a different season. Again, you'll hopefully by the end of this, I can explain my whole songwriting, how it's back then. I was still not a singer, not a player. I was a teacher making mm. up stuff. Mm. It never came home to the track. I never... I brought it home for Brad to teach me the course. I left it there. Then I moved. I'm on James Island, and I'm doing better. Then I come out of remission. I'm in and out of MUSC. Mm. And for the first time, I spent ten months, almost a full school year. There was a full school year where I was trying to hustle different ways to make money. I was sick. I was trying to get on immune suppressant and things like that. And so I was um, cleaning carpet because my older brother would grow up cleaning carpet. I had that skill set. It's like, well, let me see if I can clean carpet. I can tutor. I can work at River Dogs. I can. I was doing all these things. I worked for Early Autism Project um, because I have my degree, and I was like, you know, let me let me go do this. Sure. But during that time, that was when my wife said the the guitar was no longer in the classroom. It was sitting there at our house, and to be transparent, I was very very down and out. Sure. Okay. So that breeds. Sometimes a lot of cool things and sometimes a lot of bad things. In yeah, this case, usually both. Yeah, man. Well, you, you, well I mean, uh, educators, public, public educators specifically, 
um, in our state are the most overworked people. It's the only job I've worked mm. so many jobs. The only job where I can't go to the bathroom when I want to. I can't. Um, I can't. You can't. There's not much room for error in that system. So yeah. here I am now, and this is before I had children. So whoa, I had all this time, and you know, time is not a good thing when when you're just sitting there hanging out and you've been sick and you're trying to rebound. And so mm. I grabbed the guitar. Thank God I ended up pouring myself into something that I was an appreciator for my whole life. I mm. cry when I hear music. I love it. Does something for me that I'm now realizing doesn't do for everybody. Mm. It's not their medicine, right? Mm-hmm. But I poured myself in, and I. I mean, I'll get emotional talking about it today. I happened to be, my neighbor happened to be Graham Worley. And Graham Worley is, if you live in Charleston, he is a legend. And he doesn't really play in this town a lot anymore, so it's kind of hard to catch him. When um, the TEDx, TED Talks came through, a yeah, few years, yeah. he did the looping and acoustic guitar mm. for them at the Memminger Auditorium. Oh, wow. But he's a dear friend of mine his entire family i mean like and he happened to live on the same road on james island because of that because he had a home studio and i started going out to brick house kitchen on folly road yeah. back when they were doing yeah. it. he's like well if you love music so he's like he's like man you love all this old come out so i start going i sit there for years i'm sick i don't ever play i don't ever say i never think of myself as, i just sit there and it just feels good oh i guess you know, just to sit there in that brick house community of people. And um, my wife, I start kind of itching though, you know, like she's like, I start playing an Otis Redding song that yeah. we got, that we both love, yeah. you know. Uh, what song? That's How Strong My Love oh, Is. Oh, great tune. It was covered by a lot of people, but. Great tune. Um, and Otis cries when he sings. You know, he cries. Mm-hmm. He's one of those old, legit dudes yeah. that just could cry out you know and she's like she walks by me in the hall and she goes Wes you can sing you ought to sing it had nothing to do with writing it had nothing to do I wasn't writing I was never the guy that even kept a journal you know she's mm. like you can sing and I was like whatever you, know, you can't hear it from certain people you know and what's beautiful about my wife Virginia is that she understood her role so, I could, so she goes she says that a few times and then the season goes by and she says, y- if you're not going to hear it from me, then go talk to your buddy Graham. You know, that sarcastic, like, yeah. go talk to Graham because if he says it, which is what's true, if he says it about music, it must be true, you know, for, for Wes. Yeah, yeah. And it was. And I, I remember going, I could only play, a few, I knew two songs. And one of them was that Otis Redding song. And I called her. I said, Grand, this is weird, man, because we were real close friends. And I said, this is weird, but is there any way, Virginia, she just heard me talking, and she just, she's like, he's like, dude, calm down. Tomorrow, come to my back porch. Yeah. Play the song. Yeah. For people or just for him, he said? For saying. him. Yeah. Just for him. Yeah. Funny you say that. And, and so I go do it. I'm shaking. I hit everything wrong. My voice is quivering. Right, right, right. He doesn't say a word. When it's done, he says... You have a gift. Your voice completely took me somewhere. There's something going. He said, wow. you have to, I cannot believe you sat there in front of me every Tuesday. And you, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he, go, he goes, yeah. you're playing with me 
this Tuesday. Wow. And I freaked. I was wow. like, and I promised him that I said, I'll never tell you no. And he'll tell you that to this day. Yeah. I said, I'll never tell you no. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to figure out. And wow. he called me up. And from there, that was the runnings of Gritty Flyright, which led, okay. you know, to, to go back to your question. Like I tell you, like Gritty Flyright was started as, as an acoustic duo. Okay. With my friend David Kasich on James Allen. He was put, the guy who taught me the chords, Brad, he was a mutual friend from Somerville. He put me in touch with David. Okay. Who happened to live on James Island who happened to be going through a time in his life where he, he'd never been in a band, none of that stuff. He was a great guitar player and a great man. And, and So similar to your backstory in that music, at least the performing of it was sort of a new thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and David and I started as an acoustic. I mean, I was borrowing Graham's guitar if we had something that needed. I didn't have, like, I had that same old, you know, and mm-hmm. David, we didn't have a name. We got we got asked to um, it'd be friends like on Wamala be like hey will you come play uh, you know Grady's birthday party we we're like yeah we know like ten or twelve songs you know it'd be like we yeah, just yeah, didn't yeah. know but we started spending time I've got a shed in the backyard and we just like you know we're back there um, and we both were going through tough times gritty yeah. times yeah. you know a very um, is that bon- where the the name comes from partially. Okay. When I was soul searching for a name, um, everybody said we kept, we started playing Brick House naturally first. When we did kind of put it together, and we were with Graham naturally and Jamal Hall, saxophone player, he jumped in with us real quick as a trio. Cool. And it's it the biggest compliment we ever got from from that community who just knew so much about music. Um, what they'd say, it's raw and it's real. Mm. It's authentic. There's something that's real. It's so stripped down and it's raw. Well, if you know Dave and I, we can't go as the the raw and the real because we just doesn't fit. <laughs> we're not raw and real. We play the most <laughs> laid back stuff. We were playing old soul stuff and okay. country stuff. And so that kind of came through like it just gritty describes the the sound of the music. It also in the long story of things like this, it also describes the fact that Dave was going through a tough time. Uh, he just lost his father and was very vulnerable with me, you know, as a friend. He and I became fast friends. And then with my health and everything, kind of redirecting. Mm-hmm. So it also described the time we were in fly right. I mean, my grandfather used that word. You know, me, I think that might be the honesty in the music, mm-hmm. um, you know, just, you know, to make sure that it's correct. It can be raw. It can be. You don't have to do everything right. You don't have to hit everything right. It, but if you're coming from that raw place mm-hmm. and you, then you add the fact that it's true. Right. Then that you're going to have your product is going to be very real. And pe- if you emote, right. you know, people are going to be able to connect with what you're talking about. Right. Your impetus is authentic. Your bearings are in the right place. There may be some bumps along the way, but that's part of the, the joy. Well, if you're self-aware, like, I mean, you surround yourself, everybody. So we grew it out. The goals started happening. Like, okay, we were a trio, two, get, two, two acoustic guitars and a saxophone. It was very different to people's ear. We're showing up playing covers at people's weddings, barbecue places, whatever. Right. And mostly soul covers. Soul saying, covers. Right? Soul. So Otis Redding, who else? Van Morrison. Okay, cool. Uh, Sam Cook. Nice. Um, I mean, some of it went back, and the guys will tell you, like, when I do an old country song, 
we tried to read we would reroute it i didn't want to be cheesy in any kind of way we were doing these covers and i love music so much again i was just a, an appreciator my whole life it's like i don't want to if we're going to do that can we do like a little extra court you know it's like oh we're going to fleetwood mac i'm like well i gotta get stevie out of my head because i've heard that song three thousand times but we would cover Fleetwood Mac with the harmonies, with the saxophone, and people would just be like, because it was completely rearranged. Yeah, yeah. So we became pretty tasteful at the three of us, David, Jamal, and I, going, okay, we're going to do Ain't No Sunshine, Bill Withers, huge influence, right? Yeah. For my dad, for me. Sure. But I not, don't want to try to be Bill Withers. I right. certainly don't. I can't hit the Sam Cooke button. And right, no one right. no one really wants to hear that when they're sober and it's early in the evening. No one wants to hear somebody trying to be somebody else. Yeah. Um interesting. So when did you go from cover? I mean making covers your own I think is 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 an awesome choice and and a creative triumph if one can do it. And I I I think it's really cool that you all were sort of making these classic standards your own. Um because people, like you mentioned, I mean, people want to hear the artist at the end of the day. They want to hear these songs that they like and are familiar with. And depending upon the atmosphere, the environment, or the experience, maybe it's background to a degree, or maybe it's more upfront. Again, that's all kind of contingent on a lot of variables. But they also are there in the flesh with some human being who's playing <laughs> right. this song that they're familiar with. So if a little bit of that human being that they perhaps just met doesn't bleed through, then it's like a missed opportunity. Well said. I, I agree. I so mean, when when did the covers go to music that you wrote? When did it when did it become originals that were getting f the, woven into the playlists? Um, I would say so. A guy who really was a big influence on raising me was my grandfather, and uh, he passed away in 2018. And if you, you know, 2018 in the in the fall of 2018 um, was was just rough. You know, for for your not for your guy, he's a he's a real cowboy. He's a guy from Colleton County behind the Mule and Plow. Mm -hmm. um, I named my second son after him. I mean, I I think I think I thought about him on the way here, type of guy. You know. Wow. And when he passed away, not only was that interesting, but you know how when you celebrate something positive like an anniversary, whether it be a wedding or an accomplishment or a death, you know. When a year goes by, it's always troublesome. Like, you go, I can't believe it's been a year. Hmm. You ever heard somebody say, you ever sure. heard, I mean, sure. I think we're old enough in here yeah, to absolutely. know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. And you go, I can't believe a year's gone by. Yep. So in 2019, I started writing for the first time because, ooh, it was a downward, like, I can't believe, you know, it's been a year without my hero. You know, yeah. and I was like, and I, I've always been drawn to, to sad music. Um, the guys give me a hard time. If I, if I had it my way, we would play sad music a majority of the time. It's been the biggest challenge for me to bring because. I listen to sad music at the gym and I tell people that and they wrinkle their faces and sometimes just walk away from me. Uh, but so, yeah, I can relate to that, <laughs> that desire I, to like, there's something about sad music well, and that maybe, doesn't have to be sad. Well, you don't, well, and maybe you can help me, like, I'm trying to wrap my head around even now, I think why I listen to sad music, and I go to sad music to this day, 
is I am a, what is considered to be probably a hopeful person mm. um, around my friends and family. I'm not going to let myself go to the bottom. Mm. I, when I'm sad, I cry. When I'm happy, I jump up and down. Don't get me wrong. I'm a real person to my circle. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm always going to lead and I'm always going to be a positive guy. I'm just not going to, we're not going to drag it all the way down and we're not going to stay down type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so music, sad music, I think is my vehicle. It's okay to completely write or cover mm-hmm. or listen to something and a- attach yourself to it. And because there's a little bit of space there. Yeah, it's like a safe space. It is. And then you say, oh, it's the vehicle for your sound. I mean, I don't know if it's the, compl- it's still a part of who I am, if I, especially if I'm writing it. If you listen to the album, I mean, there's some mm-hmm. heart rippers on there mm-hmm. and they're true. Yeah. So like, I mean, like, I, but like, I, I really do think even if I'm listening to a sad song, I'm like, I even look up something like, why am I, I'm listening to Keith Whitley, right? Mm-hmm. And why am I crying? to a Keith Whitley song that was written in 1986 <laughs> about, because I, my wife, I, we're not divorced and she didn't leave me and just the dogs right. here with me. Like none of this is applicable. Like I can't, right. I can't identify with it exactly to the detail, but the feeling that comes through and it was my background noise growing up mm-hmm. here in South Carolina. So like, I don't know. It was when I got, when 2019 came a year had gone by and then i just i wrote um tripping through the fall it was the very Mm -hmm. first song that i ever and i'm paper pencil old school you know and it starts with uh a feeling or a thought and then from a feeling or a thought uh words then the lyrics then once the lyrics are coming out and I'm just walking around the kitchen, singing around and washing dishes, whatever. Yeah. Then the co- the music comes last mm. for me, which you know how everybody writes yep. is completely different. Yep. Yep. But like that's pretty much consistently me. Lyrics first, music last. Uh, it is it, because I don't know if I ever did this again, but these are, like I said, these are all true. I don't know if I could come up with, I really didn't have to come up with anything. I was just reliving stories and it, uh, somebody said, how long did it take to write the album? I was like, I think three years, because I think 2019 to the release this year in 2022, and I was still finishing up writing some songs, even at the beginning of this year. And that's how fresh they wow, are. Like, wow. it was a three-year period, but I wrote Tripping Through the Fall, just cried physically on the paper, just about my grandfather. wow. wow. Then six is, weeks. Is it about your grandfather? Mm-hmm. That song. It's that song. Could we mm-hmm. we could we play tripping in the fall? Would that be something we could cue yeah. up? Is there anything else? If it, and do you mind if we play that tune? No, here? I, I, um, I don't ever get to play it live. I'll tell you that. Anything? Any? Well, could we play it live? All right. Sure. All right. Cool. Well, we'll uh, we're gonna. I, I will. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah. play a tune while we set up. Uh, if you wouldn't mind playing the very first track and maybe just skipping past the first six or seven seconds, which is just sort of like talking. The first track, I'll set it up real quick, called Load the Gun. It's the it's the opener on the album. Real like barn burner of a track. Uh, it's got the whole band playing along. And what I love about it for these purposes is that at some point, and you'll be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, Gritty sings some iteration of you know, never thought I'd be on the radio or something like this. Uh, so here we are. We're playing uh, playing that song on the radio. 
Load the Gun by Gritty Flyrider.
That was uh, that was the first track off uh, Tales of the Famously Unknown, Load the Gun, followed by Spartanburg County Bound, uh, two of my favorite uh, cuts off the album. We're playing another one of my favorite uh, cuts off the album. This one is called Tripping Through the Fall. Gertie was talking a little bit about it uh, a couple minutes ago, and we are super, super fortunate to be able to have Gertie playing this one for us live in studio at 96.3 Ohm FM. Gritty, take it away. Hi, 
My name now is Jack, I'm and I'm listening to Home Radio. You're listening to Charleston's community radio station, Radio by the Say the days are getting shorter. Never could quite save the time. Staring down a bank of memories that weighs my worried mind. It should be pushing through the sorrow and trying to find my way. No need of reaching for tomorrow I can't even hold a day It's hard to cope in this condition I'm busy climbing up the wall And I'm walking in the high ground Tripping through the fall Hard to cope in this condition Busy climbing up a wall And now I'm walking in the high grass Tripping through the fall That is gritty fly right. Phenomenal gritty. That was beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful. That's tripping through the fall off of his record. If you're just tuning in, you're driving in your car, you're listening on the radio, this is Steve's new music guide. You just heard in studio live, gritty fly right, your very own gritty fly right, if you're from the Charleston, South Carolina area, playing one of the tracks off of his recently released records, his debut album, Tales of the Famously Unknown. Gritty, uh, it's been such a pleasure having you here in studio. I feel like we got to talk a little bit about your genesis as an artist. Um, uh, shed some tears, had some laughs. <laughs> Hopefully kick people's days off right uh, and, and got them flying right, uh, I'd imagine. Um, and really happy that you're able to play some music for us. I feel like we're up against time here, unfortunately. I could talk to you for days. Uh, you've got, you're a thoughtful guy. You play some phenomenal music. I can't wait to go see you out live at one of these shows you got coming up. Um, Fortunately, we got to wrap things up, but I want to give you the last word, and I want to make sure that uh, anybody listening in knows exactly where they can find more of Gritty Fly Right. Thank you all so much for having me. Um, I, I think the best direction would be grittyflyright.com. Um, and then, you know, we're trying with social media to post out where we're going to be um, and who's going to be with me. So, um, I think this weekend, if you're in Columbia, we're going to Steel Hands and Carolina Western Pub, and then we're headed up to Tap 3 in Spartanburg County. Um, the next big thing is here in Charleston, Harold's Cabin over by the Citadel. Uh, those guys are great. We're going to do a listening party. We've got a limited run of vinyl that just came in. Cool. And um, so August 3rd, 6 o'clock at Harold's Cabin will be a vinyl listening party. Dang, can, can people scoop up some vinyl there, or is it all pre-ordered? Uh, the pre-order is already done. It's live. I've got it. I'll have it there for okay. sale. Yeah. Okay, cool. There for sale. Well, it's a, it's a fantastic album, as you already know, if you've been listening in. 
to any amount of this hour with Gritty Flyright, be sure to go check him out at Harold's Cabin, a fine local uh, dining establishment right here in Charleston, South Carolina, where you can scoop up the fantastic vinyl of Tales of the Famously Unknown. Gritty, thank you so much for being here. This was fantastic. I really appreciate you carving out some time. Thank you all so much.